I'm recording in metric time. Is that going to be a problem? <laughs> yeah, that's a tough sync. Because <laughs> my my recording goes in yards, so it's <laughs> all right. Are you guys ready? Oh yes. Okay, this is the last time I'm doing this, Bobby. Get your speech ready for next week. Believe me, we've all been waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's hurtful. <laughs> it's quite hurtful. So stop laughing because I need a few seconds of silence. You asshole. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. Now with a new theme song, Love Record Breaker by the Smittens. We are a twice-weekly imaginary radio show dedicated to celebrating the radio show slash podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. On Saturdays, we bring you a show featuring guests who share their experiences and favorite segment from TBTL history. We just found out how motherfucking magic and miracles work. But now it's Monday, and we have a recap of last week's TBTL. So cinch the belt on your disgusting terrible idea khaki cutoffs and settle in for a recap of last week's episodes to tide you over until the fresh tbtl comes out of the oven later today i cannot do this all by myself so i'm joined as always by the hardest eating man in imaginary show business bobby pay hello bobby bonjour and bonjour we'll find out why he's speaking french in a moment and of course the most perfect 10 we know christy wise hello see hello. so we're convened this morning we'll do a little bit of uh, lrb Business, mostly uh, pay-related. We'll do the weekend review um, featuring the clip of the week, how to get involved, and Christy and Bobby have some housekeeping, of course. But to the LRB business, Pape, you're joining us from the Great White North this morning. Tell us what's going on. What are you doing up there? And uh, tell us about your trip. That is correct, Mike. I am reporting to you live from my great aunt Chris's computer room in suburban London, Ontario, Canada. I'm here visiting some family this weekend. Uh, we had intended to broadcast this special edition of LRB International from a modestly appointed suite at the Holiday Inn on Wellington Road in London, uh, but the Wi-Fi was not great, and so instead I have imposed upon my family. They are all outside sitting around the pool waiting for me. It's an in-ground pool, just FYI. <laughs> MBD. Uh, and uh, once I'm finished here, I'll go out and join them. But uh, for now, I'm sitting here. Looking at pictures of the family taped up to the wall, I've got my Tim Hortons. I just finished some Timbits and a breakfast sandwich. Uh, I have a trunk full of all-dressed Ruffles potato chips. And a a bag of poutine-flavored Ruffles, which are new. See, poutine, now now I know they're just messing with me. Because... The all dressed, I love so much, and they're they're like, oh well, he's can, never going to be able to get these all dressed, and and screw that guy, and and I made had made peace with it. I'm not going to be able to get all dressed chips, and then you pop up a picture last night in, in our chat of the poutine chips, and I just feel that was over the line for well, me. Honestly, I'm surprised they didn't exist sooner. The thought of creating potato flavored potato chips just seems logical. To me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be. Have you tried them yet? Not yet. I'm saving them for a special occasion. Because they could be he's terrible. He's going to eventually do, do a poutine investigation. You know this. Because they, they could be terrible, um, similar to the you know, the Ruffles mm. or the Lays. I don't know what company is that have those weird flavored ones. And some are very good and some are very big misses. Oh, yeah. Let me say something about that. Um, mango, 
mango providers of the world, great job selling people on mango, but I don't <laughs> want it in my tacos. I don't want it in my potato chips. And and I know – I see what you did, Grape. I see the the grape lobby somehow got grapes into chicken salad. I don't know how that <laughs> happens. Any grape that goes to its death covered in mayonnaise, I feel, disgraces its entire bunch. Agree. So let's knock it off with the fruit in the – in, in, in these type of items. Knock Ty it off. Typically, I would agree with you, though. I do have a place in my heart for a good Waldorf chicken salad, but that's just because I'm classy. Mm. And I like mango mm. salsa. That's a bridge well, too far. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> we can't do that. We can't do that. And, and Pape, the, I'll grant you that, that it is okay in a chicken salad, but don't paint yourself as classy. I've seen you eat salad with your hands. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. Before we move on from this, I do want to mention, uh, yes. I grabbed a bag of one of the new experimental Lay's flavors yesterday before we left uh, for the this road trip. Something for the car. Mm -hmm. And one of the flavors that they had was a Euro Greek town flavored potato Did chip. Did you try? We have all the kinds that we're going to try maybe today. Oh. We have mini uh, bags of all of them. It sounds like the 101st episode of Nerd Out Loud. <laughs> Happening right in front of our eyes. This is a production meeting. Um, I don't want to salt your uh, judgment, as it were, uh, but I don't care. Uh, the Greek, they were terrible. Okay. They tasted like beef bouillon, but not in a good way, which oh. is hard because I would think all things that taste like beef bouillon taste like it in a good way. Interesting. Well, when I was a kid, I, I would get so hungry, like when I was going through growth spurts and stuff. I even tried to eat beef bouillon at some point. It's not. It's not great. Maybe on a chip, but by itself, the cubes, not a, not a great thing to eat. So that's why I'm wondering because the poutine, there's an experimental one called biscuits and gravy, and that basically sounds like that's just the Canadian version of the poutine, or right, you know, the biscuits. Right. Well, there's cheese involved, so that's true. It's have that. It's ultimately going to be better no matter what. Agreed. Um, yeah, I mean, biscuits and gravy is just the Redneck South version of our trashy Canadian food. I heard good mm. things about the biscuits and gravy chips, but I haven't tried them yet. Okay. I'll let you know. Yeah, I'm going to get to those soon. So the other thing, um, we have news about Bobby. I've been hosting both of these shows for since we started. I have four or five months. I don't know what it is. But um, – I want to step back and I want to um, – I definitely want to keep hosting that Saturday show and having guests on and telling their stories and all that. But I thought that the whole process would be better served if we gave Bobby more imaginary work. Um, <laughs> and so starting next week, he's actually going to be hosting the show. He's going to be running the, the run sheet and hosting the show. I am not going anywhere. I will be here lobbing in and telling prison stories just in case anyone forgets that I was in prison. Wait, wait. Um, uh, stop the yeah. show, Mike. Yeah, yeah. You were in prison? Well, I see, I don't like to talk about it, but I think for the show, it's going to be good. So I'm going to start telling some of those stories. I'm going to just take some of those stories, just dust them off because I've never told any of them, <laughs> and, then, uh, and then tell them on, on the show. But uh, Bobby's earned it. He's been, he's been doing a great job on the show. He edits the Saturday show. Um, I certainly didn't want to give a show to Jeremy. I didn't want to let him host anything <laughs> until he either A, puts a shirt on for more than 10 minutes, or B, stops hitting on my wife. I would take either one of those things. He would be hosting a show already. He'd probably be hosting both of these shows if he would do one of those things. He just said those it's not worth it. Right. He can't help himself. 
Yeah. Yeah. Players got to play. Well, so. I'm happy to jump up and help more with this show. It's been a lot of fun coming on and doing this every week. And, uh, you know, basically, I think the listeners have been clamoring for more chip talk, and I'm here to do it. <laughs> yeah, chip corner. That's so right. starting next week, Bobby will bring us in, and this will this will be his thing. I'll just be a sidekick. But uh, we've been training him. We've we've had him running the weekend review a couple times, and of course, he'll be running it this week. So if you guys don't have any more LRB business, uh, I guess we'll turn it over to Bobby at this point. Let's do it, guys. Uh, and actually, you. Have a great segue talking about your desire to be a sidekick because we start with Monday, episode 1917, a Philly fanatic, and we start our show with Luke being tired because for the first time in a long time, he's actually working a real job again. <laughs> Which real job, let's also keep in mind that that's what, four hours? <laughs> right. He has Three been forced hours. to go sit in a studio and be Tom Tagney's best friend, which honestly well, would be a, a bonus for any normal person. Aren't they, though, that he has to go in, it starts at like 9 or, or 10, I think 10, and he has to go in at 7.30 for a production meeting. So I'm sure that meeting lasts half hour, 45 minutes. Isn't the next two hours with his head down on his old desk, isn't that enough rest? <laughs> <laughs> Pretending he's paying attention. That's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think anytime you're not on one of your boats, your heart is hanging a little heavy. Sure. And so... Sure. You know, he what he sidekicked for two days last week, filling in for Curly. And uh, yeah, did you catch any of the time he was actually on the air on Cairo this week, guys? Christy, did you? I avoided the radio because Taylor Swift was in town, which meant we had uh, two and three <laughs> songs together all day, any day, every day. Mm. Mm. So <laughs> I was strictly podcast this week. So well, you... I listened uh, a couple times. And what struck me is something that struck one of the listeners. I can't remember who it said. Maybe it was Brandon. I think Brandon, who's come to our meetups before, he said that uh, when you get used to listening to podcasts, especially a podcast like TBTL, which they're they're doing a show, you know, there's no doubt it's it's presented as a show, but it's really more conversational than commercial radio. When you go back and listen to commercial radio, you often feel like you're being shouted at and Tom, while he's really smart and engaging, and I love Tom, Tom is in commercial radio mode. Mm -hmm. And and I just feel like um, I'm not going anywhere. You know, you don't have to yell at me. I'm staying in my chair. And I just uh, – it's hard. It's jarring to go back to commercial radio because sometimes I listen in the car and it just – with all of the – it's not just the ads. It's the forward promos and the stingers and – the bumps and this and that, you just, you feel cheated on content. You'll listen to commercial radio for an hour. You say, oh, well, I got about 17 minutes of content there. When you listen to a podcast, you feel like you get, yeah. you know, 45 minutes of content and 15 minutes of hot dog stories. Yeah. Yeah. You know, actually in perspective, it makes the hot dog stories a little more bearable because at least, at least that's not Charles Osgood trying to sell me uh, long-term life insurance right. or... Or a Cars for Kids commercial. Or, or they're they're not like, coming up, a hot dog story. Last, what you missed last, last segment, Bothell, the hot dog story. You know, <laughs> like, just tell a story and be done with it. You know, everything is churning on radio. You can feel them. You can feel commercial radio just spasming. Just yeah. Dying in front of us. I hate it. It's, it makes me uncomfortable at this point. There were moments of inspiration. I caught uh, a few minutes each day and 
I enjoyed Luke actively making fun of Ron and Don for calling out the hot zips, <laughs> which yeah. he did on the air. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah. I think that was a joke for the five people who are paying attention. And those are always for the favorites. five people in Maple Valley and Kenmore and <laughs> All right. Ian Wood All right. from the so, Carter, stu- Carter no, Subarus. Studios. You're right. Right. Not Limwood Honda inbox anymore, though. I think they <laughs> no. got rid of that. Is it Comcast? Which one is what inbox is it now? <clears throat> I don't know, but this is good. If it weren't for this computer room, I would be broadcasting live from the Toyota Yaris studios. <laughs> oh, so yeah. I am glad to be in here. That's a studio where a man has nothing to lose. <laughs> a lot of good radio comes out of that. Uh, speaking of nothing to lose, I'm going to skip ahead just a little bit in this day. Sure. Because one of the things that struck me was that Andrew got offended at the notion that he would wear cargo pants. <laughs> oh, Right. And I really felt like this was the pot calling the kettle unstylish. Let, let me say something about Andrew in those pants again. This is the last time. I promise. It's the last time I'll talk about this. Because he tweaked me this week. He tweaked me on purpose. He sent me an email thanking me for the shorts that he we did? sent him. Oh. He, he said he wears them every day to the gym. Right. And not. Now that made me mad. I, well, Mike, I just let him, let him ease into it and he'll realize what, what will happen is one day he just won't take him off after the gym. Or he just won't go to, he'll put him on and then not he go, won't to, the go gym. to the gym. Right. And then it yeah. will, he'll realize, what have I been doing? He'll start his puttering <laughs> and he'll realize that those are good puttering shorts. They're good tonight yes. shorts. Everything is great about them. I think I need, I need to get Vives to like say something like, Hey, those are cute or something, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> those show off your calves. I think yeah. that I don't think that flattery is going to be what does it. I think he needs to get dressed for the gym, and then Veeves need to say, uh, "Hey, uh, there are some dishes in the sink." Oh, right! Like you just trap dis- him into it, right? Distract him, and then before he knows it, he's been puttering for three or four hours. Sure, he's before you know it, he's he's three beers deep and playing Civ Five, and he's just loving every minute right. of it. There's a new radio lab, right? <laughs> Um, right. We can go back to our regular scheduled program now. We've got um, the Wet Hot American Summer drop on Netflix, and the guys talked a bit about that. I have not watched yet. Um, I didn't dislike the movie, but I was never obsessed with it, so it's just sort of on the list for me. Okay. But you're also Christy, you're, younger. you're big on it, right? Oh, yeah. Um, well, my story of finding it was my brother-in-law when it first came out was scrolling through his uh, Comcast, whatever, and saw, you know, the name. And he's like, yes, this is going to be an afternoon. And then realized it's just a <laughs> movie about camp. And then it he got of- his kid out. He was ready to roll. <laughs> right. Yeah. Dim the lights, light a candle. <laughs> Get some lotion, you know, but, um, so it became a family thing that we, we would want, meaning just my sister and brother-in-law and I, and we would, watch it all the time and loved it i think Pape, you were a little young you're younger right you're a yes, lot I younger am. than me so i think you kind of miss the air of camp movies too right you, right. you weren't not, growing not up as with familiar with the tropes and, and all those kind of movies all in hindsight um i didn't have cable for most of my childhood so i would catch these things at friends houses and it would be something like, oh, it's on TV, or, oh, we own the VHS copy of this, or, oh, we need to watch this 90-minute movie because at minute 67, there's a boob. <laughs> so, like, 
that's what camp movies were about. <laughs> exactly. So that's where I got most of my, um, like, early 80s, especially, you know, just a few years before I was born. So, yeah, maybe, it, yeah, it's just over me. Again, not a bad movie. I'm going to watch him at some point, but I just didn't, um, I didn't go out of my way for it. I have a very simple explanation as to why I haven't seen the pre, is it prequel or sequel? So the, is it a prequel or sequel? The, the new shows are mm -hmm. prequels, but you have okay. to have seen the movie for it to make sense. Okay. Well, I've seen the movie plenty of times and I do want to watch the prequel, but, um, I live, uh, I live in a fucked up place where the Netflix doesn't, uh, doesn't buffer very well on the TV in the front. Buffers in the back, but that's kind of Emily's TV. So that's the reason Can I Can I help you troubleshoot it. this off the air? Because I think I know sure, what's wrong. absolutely. Okay. Okay, well, uh, tonight when I settle down to, to watch it all. I I'll thought you were going to say you were watching Catastrophe for the eighth time. Uh, no, oh. no. That's on a loop in, <laughs> in the back bedroom. And I just join in, you know. I always know where we are when I get in the, you know, oh, here we are in the story. So, All right. Uh, Andrew tells us how much he loves taking naps in the park. That's weird. <laughs> and did this seem extremely uncharacteristically trusting of Andrew? Yes. Well, except for that he did go into detail about how he wrapped his bag around his arm in case someone came and stole something. I That's right. If and I never would have thought about that. I'm too trusting in that I just would have like been laying there and not thought like oh someone could come and steal all of all of my belongings oh no if somebody's gonna rob andrew in the park they are definitely going to have to wake him up first <laughs> yeah and he'll gladly give you the stuff right I mean, it's not like it's gonna be a tough you're not gonna get punched in the nose or anything he'd be so oh yeah well hang on I, have, I think i have some change in my pocket you know and he'll make sure that you have everything you need before you move right. along i appreciated luke's skepticism about that i just you know, I guess it depends on where you are. If I'm uh, here or back home in suburban Rochester, um, it'd be one thing to sort of lay at a park and hang out. But I would feel like any park in L.A. would be too busy. Yeah. Oh, you wake up and you're in some guy's shopping cart. <laughs> just being wheeled down the road. Hey, what's up, Bubbles? Just, where are we going? Just on a bed of cans. Yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> on a noisy bed of cans. Uh, our friend Washington turned New York 10 Kelly made an appearance on the show to talk about the Facebook side of Song of the Summer mm -hmm. uh, and in the process mentioned both you and me, Mike, by name. And I know Christy felt left out by that, <laughs> but I feel like Christy should take solace in the fact that Kelly kind of threw both of us under the bus a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She called me the king of cat rolling, which is a True. compliment, but at the same time, blows my cover a little bit. Uh, yeah, and also, and, and Bobby, you're more, you're so much more than the king of cat rolling. We shouldn't be keep sticking you in that cat box. <laughs> <laughs> right? Don't pigeonhole me. I can prank people all sorts of different ways. Yes, of course. I know this. <laughs> I get mail. I'm human. So anyway, uh, I get pranked by Bobby. Christy, I would say no news is good news okay. on that front. You should just enjoy that. Okay. But uh, it's kind of like the show Punked where Ashton Kutcher couldn't do anything ever, right? After right. the second season. That's you. Right. It, Nobody wants to go anywhere near him. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> right. Your cover's blown. Well, I won't go into mm -hmm. details because private conversations sometimes need to remain private, but... Uh, 
I've still got it. I had a moment this week where I... <laughs> and humble, too, ladies. Exactly. Too bad he's taken. Uh, Monday brought us a lot of other little gems. Um, recordings of Game of Thrones on YouTube as read by one of two boring-ass people I've never heard of. <laughs> I have I have a nap uh, podcast. It's uh, it's Wiretap with Jonathan Goldstein, and I like it. And sometimes I'll listen to it while I'm puttering or driving, uh, and I always enjoy it. But it's it's a good podcast for napping because it's just all talking and very low music. And when it's at its best, it's just kind of mildly entertaining. It's not laugh out loud funny. So you never kind of feel bad when you just fade away during it. And it, so, like, Andrew already knows the Game of Thrones, so I think just some boring-ass dude talking it is probably the thing for him. If I was listening to Game of Thrones, I'd probably be listening because I'd want to know what's going on, but he already knows. Right. So does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, I just pulled up the Wiretap Wikipedia page to confirm what I already thought I knew, which is that Wiretap is a Canadian program. So uh, I'm absolutely. glad that we're meeting our CanCon rules while I'm up here. <laughs> um, 35, 35%? That's Canadian right. Content? We're actually yeah. going to go out on a double block of BTO and Rush, so it's going to be fun. <laughs> sure, we have to. little triumph kicker. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to note that Wiretap airs on CBC Radio 1 up here. Saturday afternoons at 3.30 and Thursday oh. evenings at 11.30. Exactly. Uh, essentially, this is um, Canadian healthcare is sudden so good that they're just broadcasting Ambien for everyone. Who yeah, that's right. That's right. Welcome to Ambien. So that's good. Wiretap, people. If you can't get YouTube to play Game of Thrones videos over your phone for you, yeah, Wiretap's a good choice. Uh where else did we go? We talked about the restaurants with the almost English names so they won't get blown up. <laughs> I don't have the whole list in front of me. Uh, Pesca did a good job redoing this also on the mm -hmm. gist this week. But uh, clearly our favorite was Pizza Hat. Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Pizza Hat. Definitely my favorite. Yeah. Hey, um... Just so we don't skip by this, because we have you, Bobby, and you have you uh, work in Boston. Um, I've never really spent a lot of time uh, in major East Coast cities. I do get the impression that there's a very special kind of racism going on in in some of those uh, Northeast cities. But and they and they sort of talked about it, but they don't really have that much experience with it. I don't have that much experience with it. Is it is it true? Like. When you're in Boston, do you just kind of feel a low level of, of like hate and racism at all times? Or is this something that the media has invented? Here's the thing. It's just sort of there. It's it's sort of um it's sort of been so ingrained in the culture in Boston that it just exists beyond active hate, you know? Um mm -hmm. groups tend to just stay to their neighborhoods or go to their own places and it's not just a black and white thing it's it's boston's proud irish south boston and mm. a really prominent little little oh, neighborhood and it, it wraps in pride a little bit sometimes yeah well that's yeah you know that's certainly something you see in bigger cities um even mm. uh i work with a guy who lives in a neighborhood that has a lot of orthodox jews in it and everyone just sort of stays to their own area and so i think you know, people aren't running around doing active hate crimes and things like that. But Boston's just so old 
and the waves of immigrants and different kinds of people have come in at different times and made their own neighborhood home. And people are just sort of set in their ways that way. Now, Sam, you know, my wife grew up in a neighborhood of Boston that has turned uh, to be not quite as nice as it was when she was growing up. And so it's more ethnically diverse. And I think the people there all get along just fine. Um, you know, there's no active frustration between neighbors because you just sort of learn to live with the people you live with. Right. But on the macro level, at the citywide level, it's certainly just interesting how people have sort of self-selected to stay in their own places. Mm. That was a really thoughtful, I think, and overly complex answer to a question on this show. <laughs> no, I appreciate it because I've... I've known people that lived in the – and I lived for a while in Washington, D.C., but that's different. Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. is a town that's like always changing and turning over, and there there wasn't that feeling in D.C. There's just so much mixing of people and neighborhoods and stuff. But I always got the impression that if you if you went north of that to these other cities, that there's there's always just something right below the surface. Like you just stay where you are. You, yeah. you be you and I'll be me and let's not – mix there's certainly um a strata that probably doesn't get well i know it doesn't get broken as often as it should of people sort of staying in their class a little bit more you're not mm -hmm. going to get a lot of strong-willed and uh meteoric black politicians like it's just not going to happen boston mm -hmm. had the same bumbling white mayor for 20 years who retired recently uh you know and he actually grew up and lived in the neighborhood next to Sam's. And now there's another old white mayor. And that's just going to be how it is. I mean, there's probably sure. just as much passive sexism in a city like Boston as there is. Mm -hmm. uh, but well, that, I'm not worried about ladies. I don't care about ladies. Well, right. So I'm not asking about ladies. But you go over the river into Cambridge and we let them be scientists. You've got Harvard. You've got no, MIT. No. Mm -mm. No. No. Nope. I'm going to have to see some credentials. <laughs> I really don't believe the science thing for ladies. The views and opinions expressed by Mike Brazell do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Little Red Bandwagon Podcast or any of its subsidiaries. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's probably some of it, too. You know, there's such a brain trust here. So people in their 20s and early 30s are here starting companies, going to school, going to grad school. Uh, and then they leave because they go to wherever their opportunity is. And so that sort of very open-minded generation isn't really staying in Boston after they've right. done that. Okay. So there's your, there's your very thorough answer. Well, I'm sorry for sticking us in the mud. I just didn't want to let that one go by because I had a real live uh, Northeasterner. Well, it's worth noting. I mean, Andrew gave us the cities that he would move to mm -hmm. if mm -hmm. he was so inclined to move. And he says he's not, even though there's nothing really holding them in L.A. But uh, his list was he said he was going to give us five. And then he ranked them as <laughs> Chicago, even though he's never lived there before. Uh, Philly, Seattle, of course. Boston, and then blank. He couldn't even come up with his fifth. Oh, I, I know what that one is. What? He told me. It's it's going to be a really easy move, too, and they're probably going to do it soon. Little Armenia is where he's going to move. <laughs> Just for a little more ethnically. He's done the Koreatown thing. It's time for to, to start uh, yelling at people at a gas station. So Little Armenia, that's the next stop. All right. So when we see Andrew napping in Barnstall Art Park... You all know that it's because he told the he told this show first that he was making a move. Yeah. <laughs> Monday had a line in it that made me think about this. Uh, Mike, we've been talking about this transition here, and I'm going to 
carry a little more water so you can sit and hone your prison stories. Uh, Luke was talking, if you ever get a chance to lock down a sidekicking gig, do it. And yes. he's he's right. Sidekicking is the best. So congratulations on <laughs> duping me. And uh Congratulations. Yes, it is in order. I I've really I've really done something for myself. I've really uh created a little more time for myself every week. Good job by you, Clip Clop. Hey, thanks, Clip Clop. On to Tuesday, nineteen eighteen. You mad at these bros? And I immediately cringed when I saw the title because I've been encouraging Luke to avoid the bros and <laughs> he's doubling down on it this week. Of course he is. <laughs> Luke is too tired to function after filling in on a second day Two on Cairo. Two days of work. <laughs> so he had to jump on another diet, right? Is, didn't, did, what, does he, what does he have now? The protein shakes? What is he, he? Yeah, he's on the same diet my grandmother's on because she won't eat. Uh, ensure. Oh ensure protein shakes. <laughs> yeah. But let's say the line of the week was, uh, Andrew saying, get a bigger shirt. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the um, fact that Luke won't won't buy, go, wear anything but a medium. That's on yeah. him now. Yeah, I mean, uh, you don't dress aspirationally. That's just a tip for everyone in general. Dress dress to, to the best look that you can put together. Don't be aspirational. Be well, aspirational to... To get to a better place to wear the medium. Right. You but can buy it. don't wear the aspirational clothes. Why doesn't he just get some man spanks? Do they have those? Yeah. Probably not in my size. No, they do. I think they come in every size. I think mm -hmm. that's the point. <laughs> some NASA shit. They'll just stretch. But where does it go? That's the thing. Is like you, you, you put on the spanks, right? And you're squeezing something. It's not going like back inside your body, is it? it doesn't it just come out the top <laughs> or out the bottom? Well, it's like a it's like a undershirt type thing. Just to, yeah, so the outlines of your moobs. Yeah, I you know I get that. I wear an undershirt at work just because I don't want anyone to no, see my. No, but this rack. is like a this is like a spandex type shirt. Hmm. I just don't, don't see how it you know gives me the Ray Lewis upper body. I just it, it just stuffs <laughs> the fat somewhere else. I just. I can't envision how it would actually work. Yeah, it's to like a make sausage. Better than an undershirt, right? Yes, yeah. it's, it all comes it's out going of your somewhere neck. else in that casing. Comes out of your neck or or out of the other parts. Oh. Right, I end up looking like a stack of tires. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much we haven't gotten to. Um, <laughs> Sorry, no, Sorry. Just, this it, sidekicking thing might not be my thing. I it don't occurred know. I to me shut that up. I well, I did a terrible job talking about Monday because I didn't talk about the story from which the title of the show came, which was the Hitchbot violence in Philly. Oh, right, 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 right. We touched on the violence and the racism. <laughs> right. We're going to... Not, not the Hitchbot. We're going to completely ignore the um, the guessing that it might have been a Boston Red... Uh, Boston, excuse me, New England Patriots, Patriots jersey. No, it was so obviously Randall Cunningham from the yeah. beginning. I couldn't believe oh, it. Oh, I was hoping... I didn't, I didn't watch the video, but I was hoping the whole time that it was a Brady jersey while they were talking about it. Right. Now, Brady doesn't get his own hands dirty. No one wearing yeah. a Brady jersey would do that. They would send right. a low-level equipment assistant out there to beat the crap out of a robot. And then and then deny doing it later while firing that person that they right. sent out to do it. But, of course, it was a hoax because it's the internet. So it's okay that we didn't talk <laughs> right. about it for mm -hmm. too long. Go ahead, Christy. Oh, I was hoping it was a Steelers jersey, actually. 
<laughs> I love you. I love you, Christy. I love you so much. Because that would have also made sense, right? Oh, because they're all idiots? No, well, Philadelphia. <laughs> they're close. Right. It's an intra-Pennsylvania rivalry, right. certainly. <laughs> right. Uh, frisbee. Uh, is They're mm. lobbying to get ultimate Frisbee in the Olympics. I have so many thoughts about this. I like... And like Luke said, rhythmic gymnastics, dancing around with a ribbon and a ball is a sport. So ultimate Frisbee should be, if that's their standards, because ultimate well, Frisbee is more of a sport than any of that. It, it is. The, the guys that are doing that and the women that are playing that are, are very athletic. It's, it looks like a fun sport. Uh, they're right. That ultimate name, that's a stupid name. name. Shouldn't have done that. Yes. Uh, but the, overall, the Olympics... <clears throat> The Olympics kind of bother me because uh, it's a lot of people inventing ways for white people to get yes. medals. Yes. <laughs> right. Like case in point being the Winter Olympics. Mm-hmm. The Winter Olympics. But let me let me point out the Winter Olympics for sure. And when whenever that comes up, I'll, I will go on forever about that. But Summer Olympics, when you go to when you go to an event like anything swimming involved, you know it's going to be white people winning. And they just they, – they go crazy. There's like 10,000 events. It's like, okay, well, Michael Phelps is good at swimming 25 meters. Uh, so let's have a 25 meter and then I think he's good at 50 meters. Let's have a 50 mm-hmm. and a 75 and a 100 and let's do it with all these different strokes. And he gets you know, 45 medals. Right. He gets 45 medals when really all they should do is like when, when I was a kid and there would be field day, they'd line everyone up and just race across the field to see who the fastest was. Like just get some fucking giant pool. All you need is one giant pool. Line everyone up on one end of it. And who cares how long it is? Half a mile, mile, whatever it is. <laughs> and everyone jumps in and the first one on the other side, there's your medal winner. You know, that's enough medals for the white people. Thank you. Yeah. And that it never. Okay. So you have these hockey teams that bust their asses. They're doing yeah. a whole bracket system for one medal. Right. But Mike, Michael Phelps yeah. gets ten in in forty five right. minutes total. That's right. right. And he's barely winded. <laughs> exactly. He just it's he does a he gets a medal in between his eating. And he, you know, I'm not saying he shouldn't get a medal. I'm not saying swimming shouldn't be in the Olympics. But come on, folks. You know, let's let's calm down a little bit. You know, like, yeah, the hockey, the basketball, the volleyball, so much work, so many people, so much teamwork involved. And, you know, maybe they get a bronze medal. Maybe they get a gold. And he, he's just, he's weighed down with all this stuff because he's (laughs) white and really good at something that black people can't do. But this, this, um, whole segment got me angry because Seattle is filled with these hipster sports, as I call them. The new thing, well... The new thing last year was slacklining. Do you guys know what this is? <laughs> I remember that. It's a, a tight rope that you tie between two trees. But it's not tight. It's not tight. And then they <sighs> kind of jump on it and dance around. And they're all wearing man buns and yoga pants. And I'm, I'm taking my headphones off. I can't, I can't take it. <laughs> the best was... Take this we we got to move on, guys. I, I can't. <laughs> we can't do I can't this. Take this. Frisbee, Frisbee, by the way, is a trademark of the Whammo Corporation. That's the reason. I mean, it doesn't justify why they call it Ultimate, but that's why they don't technically call it Frisbee. Well, what if there's? What if they come up with an even better Frisbee sport, a flying disc sport? Didn't they have to rename it Penultimate Frisbee? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 
I would love that just to see the word penultimate get used more. <laughs> right. It needs to be used more. You're right. Uh, we need to move on because we've got to talk about this clan guy in it. the FUBUs. <laughs> right. <laughs> he hates not you. Uh, he hates not you. <laughs> yeah. He just hates what you're doing to our country. Oh, God. Um, where was that, by the way? What I state was that in? I don't know. I'm going to guess Florida. I don't know, but I'm just going to go with Florida. I, Hold on. I got the research team on it. Shit. Um, I see this stuff a lot, though. Like, people may, I'm people that clearly feel some way, but what, whatever accessory or thing that they're driving or thing that they're purchasing just tells you they haven't thought it through. You know, if you, I have no problem. If you want to be a hateful person, just think it through. Just, you know. Have some, give it some attention. Don't be wearing your FUBUs when you're out there with your Confederate flags. Right. Exactly. Um, by the way, the rally was in Stone Mountain, Georgia, oh. which is the <laughs> that home sounds, of, yeah, made up. It's the home so. of Kenneth Parcell from 30 Rock. Oh, so, the actual guy or? No, the, the character. character. Okay. Yeah. So the only when, nice person to come out of Stone Mountain. Georgia. When Tina Fey was trying to think of the most ass backwards place <laughs> for Kenneth Parcell right. to come from, Stone Mountain, right. Georgia. Front of mind. I'm sorry to our listener in Stone Mountain, Georgia. I'm just kidding. We don't have a listener in Stone Mountain. They don't Georgia. know how to get a podcast. That <laughs> guy, you think that guy knows there. how to get a podcast. So Stubot comes on board for an extended conversation about the San Diego chicken. Yes. Mike, I have a feeling you and I each have a story about the San Diego I chicken. do, too. Sexist asshole. <laughs> Ooh, I was thinking more about us being the fat sports. I, I, do, not have, I do not have a story on the San oh, Diego chicken, but burn. I would love to hear Christy's. Maybe we need to take the hosting away. Ouch. <laughs> Christy, the chair is still warm. Jump in. <laughs> no, thanks. Women can't host podcasts. Christy, could you tell us no. your story about your encounter with the San Diego chicken? Sure. Uh, I lived in Omaha and there's not much to do. Um, so we had season tickets to the Omaha Royals and he came out and did his thing. And I had a baseball glove and my dad's like said, he's really famous. So you, you'll want him to sign. And he just wrote the famous chicken on my glove. And I, I, I just said, yeah, it's a big deal. I didn't know what that actually meant. And I would tell people, you know, don't don't get it messy. I think it stayed on there forever. But you said that he was a sexist somehow? What no, no, no. I said, I said Bobby No, was. me. Me. I'm the sexist. <laughs> oh, 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 I see. I see. I guess I missed because that. Because I assumed that ladies couldn't have famous mascots. Right. Right. Well, it, it just was the point of I went around saying that someone famous had signed this glove. Oh, okay. <laughs> it bothers me that he called himself the famous chicken. He wasn't yeah. allowed to call himself the San Diego chicken. But again, nicknaming like, yourself with a superlative is is not something that I'm Just like ultimate of. Frisbee. Right. He's the ultimate chicken. Like, yeah, I'm Clip Clop. I'm not the great Clip Clop. <laughs> the I'm great and powerful Clip Clop. <laughs> right. Wait, so I have a question. If someone ever asks me for my autograph, which I know will never happen, do I sign it the nice lady? Am I allowed to? Hmm. Hmm. I don't think that's enough of a superlative lady. to put you in trouble. Nice is just nice. <laughs> it's a low, low standard, I think. So I overstated that actually, Christy. You clearly have the best San Diego chicken story. <laughs> I, I have a, I have a mascot story, and that mascot was me. 
Oh. For about eight or nine years, uh, I would often put on a pizza slice suit and would spin uh, signs. Mm, I would, I could, I would hold signs. Um, I played basketball in that suit against little kids. Um, I, I bowled. Uh, I danced to a lot of boy band music, choreographed in the pizza suit. Me and another guy in another pizza suit did a lot of dancing. And yes, I signed autographs as Mister Slice for many years at events. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I don't know if you guys know this about me. Um, I'm a big man. I used to be a lot bigger, and I sweat a lot. And those suits. Wow. Not a lot of breathing. It's uh, not a great place to be in August. Would you sign Mr. Slice in garlic butter? Uh, no, no, I can't get the, I can't, I can't mess up the suit. No, 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 no. So you never did a Nickelodeon bit where you got a question wrong and <laughs> we got slimed in garlic butter? No, oh no. Gosh, I was actually, that would be amazing. I was disgraced <laughs> as a mascot. Uh, I got caught gambling on mascot uh, mascot versus kids basketball games, and now I have to sit across the street of the Basketball Hall of Fame and sign <laughs> Mr. Slice autographs over there. You put up a little card table. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's sad. It's sad what it's come to, but, you know, I need the money. You know, cheese isn't cheap. So. Right. Story of your life, Mike. <laughs> um, I don't have a San Diego chicken story directly, just that in my years – being closely affiliated with minor league baseball when my mother was working for the Rochester Red Wings. Um, San Diego chicken night was one of the high nights of the season. Every year mm-hmm. the chicken would come and do an appearance at the game. That game would sell out. I mean, that was like 4th of July opening night, chicken night. It was like yeah. the place. Would it be was packed. huge. It was yeah. really huge. It's weird. And it's weird. Why do you guys think that is? What's his performance? What is, what are the highlights? Is it like bucket of confetti? What's the, no, I Shtick. think it's actually his ability to mold into and add extra flair to whatever that ballpark's thing is. So, like, for us, he could help with the beanbag toss. He could get in a fake fight with the Spike, which was the Rochester Red Wings mascot mm-hmm. in the 90s. Um, you know, he can go to Pittsburgh and do the pierogi race, and he can go to the Nats ballpark and run with the presidents. And, you know, right. whatever they've got, he can jump in. That's good. Yeah. That's a good way to do it. He wasn't doing any kind of these, like the basketball guys do where they're jumping off trampolines and doing flips in the air and slam dunking because he's an old guy, right? He just took on whatever the bit was. Yeah. He would mess with the umpires too, right? Mm -hmm. And like the Mm -hmm. base coaches and stuff like that. And that that. kind of stuff. Yeah. Pull the pants down on the third base coach, that kind of thing. And also he's famous. It's in the name. Of course. Just come right in and say you're famous. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start doing that. It works see on me. It, see if it yeah, improves my uh, <laughs> my standing with strangers. So while we're on sports, um, actually, I want to throw in a, a recommendation. If you have Hulu and you have not already done so, go watch the Hulu original series Behind the Mask. Yes, I endorse that as well. I watched season one. I haven't watched season two yet, but it is so good talking to these people at different levels uh, who play the mascots for these different sports. It's really... Um, I almost cried, Me I think, too. at one point watching season one. Mm-hmm. Behind the Mask on Hulu. It's yep. so good. Okay. Absolutely worth watching. Um, season one, they, they follow four mascots. Uh, they follow a professional level one, the guy who does the acrobatics for the, the Bucks. Probably the best thing at a Bucks game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they do a minor league hockey mascot. 
uh, a college all sports mascot at UNLV and um, a high school kid who clearly is super awkward and only thrives in interacting with people when he has his suit on. I think he might be yeah. a little bit on the spectrum. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. It, it was um, well, I, I will, I will say this, that when I put on that um, mascot costume, I would do a lot of acting, you know, silly that I, there's no way I would do in real life. I don't really like dance in real life or like, I don't run out on a playground and play with a bunch of kids, play basketball with a bunch of kids, but I don't well, go to a skate park or whatever and hang out. But when you wear the mascot suit, you're like, all right, I guess I'm this guy now. Because everyone wants you to be. Everyone was like, come on, do this, do that. And you're like, okay, I guess I'll do, I'm doing this now. Yep, absolutely. Um, we also just look back on the anniversary of Nolan Ryan beating the crap out of Robin Ventura when he charged the mound. Yeah, I posted just, that clip on the stands. It's fabulous. That was the Twib Notes clip, right? Right. It was under the Twib Notes music. Which all those catches on the Twib Notes, check those out too. Yeah, if you have hours to kill and nothing better to do, just throw Twib Notes into YouTube and just watch everything that comes up. Watch it all. <laughs> just live in it. Yeah. Do we have anything else from Tuesday, guys? No, I'm good. Mm, no, I'm good. All right, let's go to 1919, our Wednesday show, Future Impregnator Emeritus. <laughs> We've this got Luke. pretty great. Yep. We've got Luke, we've got Andrew, and we've got Jen Flash Andrews. Yes. Yay. Did anyone else get so excited when they said her name? Yeah. Got a little I, well, nostalgic. Mm -hmm. And it felt yeah, like old-time TBTL. Pape listens the next day. I try to listen that night, you know, and so that night I was a, I heard Jen was on like right before I was going to put it on. And that was nice. It's like a little Surprise. thing to look forward to. But she didn't come on until halfway through at least, though. Yeah. Well, you know, she's not a host. She's a guest. She's not getting yeah. paid. And I'll take Luke half had to show. establish that he is in, in a beautiful neighborhood in Bellevue mm -hmm. and Rudy was eating garbage. Do you know uh, Yeah, my, gran my grandparents grew up in that neighborhood, uh, Beaux-Arts, and it, it, they pronounce it wrong because it should be Beaux-Arts, but, uh, but that's the way they pronounce it in Bellevue. And it's just unbelievably gorgeous it's like it's like another country and yeah they, their house was just the landscaping was so lush and you, it's hard to even know that you have neighbors hmm. when you live in that neighborhood so i know what he was enjoying and that was some pretty sweet life and i would enjoy that sweet life when i would when i was like in elementary school and i'd pretend to be sick so my I, my mom was a teacher so she had to drop me at my grandma's so i could eat toasted cheese sandwiches and drink chocolate milk and watch cartoons in in that neighborhood so i've relaxed in that neighborhood maybe not in the same way luke <laughs> is relaxing but somewhat is this when the conversation about ridiculous new build neighborhood names came up yes and they were talking about like the naming conventions of those like mm -hmm. sierra vista and oak trail way when i was a kid the neighborhood that popped up next to our very working class neighborhood was cranberry cove <laughs> no. oh god that sounds terrible no. That's where you go when you have a UTI. No. no, that sounds like that sounds like somewhere where Angela Lansbury is going to have to investigate some yeah. murders. <laughs> this was not New England. This was Western New York. There weren't any fucking cranberries anywhere. No, or coves, or coves. <laughs> well, ours are all named after trees around here, don't you think, Mike? Uh, yeah, it seems like most of them are named after tr trees or some sort of um, collection of 
of trees, it would yeah. seem. Oh, hmm. one thing that that put me in mind of, there's a line in White Men Can't Jump where Wesley Snipes is trying to get out of the bad neighborhood that he's living in. He's doing all these this hustle, the basketball hustle and some other work hustles. And he's talking about how he lives in the Vista View apartments. And he's saying, there ain't no Vista, there ain't no view, and there sure as fuck ain't no view of no Vista. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When I lived in Buffalo, um, there were were actually some really nice projects. They They were building a lot of new build. The housing authority was trying to really clean things up. But one of the problems is the names that they would give them are perfunctory. And a lot of times they'd be named after like old presidents. And you just don't want to live in the Zachary Taylor complex. <laughs> like they they would just pick the most mediocre right. presidents to name sure. these these different things. Like all the good presidents were taken. Yeah, the James Polk apartment experience, right? Not the greatest. Yeah, the Franklin Pierce neighborhood project. Yeah, it's just not going to work. Anyway, um, I'm actually glad that Jen was only on the second half of this show because I feel like the guys. Um, got some of the worst parts of the conversation out of the way, things that they wouldn't <laughs> be able to say with Jen on. I think, I think I know where you're going. They talked about this prank. Uh, this, this was tied to the story about when Luke got drunk in high school and locked himself in a bathroom with a bottle of Chateau Saint-Michel. Mm-hmm. Um, Woodenville, Washington. Right. Someone pulled a prank peeing in people's irons. This was new yeah. for me. It's, it's not for me. I've heard. I've heard that Jay Buner did it when he was playing. He did I, it to. Um, to he'd that? go over to the other guys' rooms, and you know they'd be watching TV or playing video games, and he'd pee in their irons. He guys that he knew iron clothes, right? And it just Jay Buner was one of my favorite players uh, when I was younger, and I just wish I didn't know him as well as I do now. Yeah, <laughs> their their real life ruins everything. Yeah. yeah, I have the same thing. You found about... that with the Seahawk players that that your friend used to well, try to get with. Not right? as much as um, Gary Payton was ruined for me and um, Ken Griffey Jr. Oh. And those oh, are yeah. really really sad. And that, that those are important ones too. Mm-hmm. Like Gabe Buner's on a different level, but yeah, those guys are like they're they're top level Seattle mm-hmm. legends. Yeah. Um, Luke had a moment where I thought he was on Takedown podcast. When he suggested alternate to peeing and iron. You, you mean when he sounded, he sounded like this? That Luke was up yeah. to the takedown? Yeah, exactly. I could barely understand him, but I'm pretty sure he said that one should upper deck a Keurig. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 That's all of this is terrible. Jeremy just said that him and his friends used to pee in each other's windshield spray things. Oh. <laughs> and yeah. then there would be pee spraying all over their cars. <laughs> That's classy. Well, it's sterile disgusting. and it's sterile and slightly corrosive. It might was, actually was do that, a really good job. Was that when he was a pastor <laughs> in <laughs> Bible he... school, Bible college? Okay, yeah, that's good. Yeah, religion, everybody. <laughs> that's right. All right, let's get on to the classy side of this conversation. Sure. Um, Jen comes on, and we met a few different points with Jen. Uh, what do you want to talk about first? Her war against small talk or her advice for Andrew? Oh my well, gosh. All she, of it was so good. She talked about the, the, um, the chit chat first. So let's, let's do that. Sure. Um, what, 
when it is a thing in some of these stores because you'll see it from cashier to cashier that that they're told to say certain things and I don't I haven't seen the certain things on certain days the whole spectrum on that I imagine because she's in Roslyn her shopping choices are very limited mm-hmm. so she is going to the same places all the time and is seeing all these patterns and boy that forced chit chat man I I hate that because even if I have a hundred things going on that weekend I don't want to tell them to you right. You know, what, why, why are you asking me? Let's just be nice here. This is not, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you a hot dog story because it's going to hold up the line. You know, you don't know my life. We got to get going. Well, I love, so I always freeze and try to remember what I had done the weekend and they actually don't care. So I love the Jen just immense stuff. That's going to be my no go, my new go-to. Sure. Yeah, I'm just going to be doing some calf roping this afternoon. And then tonight, um, I think we're going to go skiing. <laughs> this is something you tell them in August. I actually, I haven't had this issue so much at the grocery store because I shop at a place that's like kind of a bargain grocery store. And those people really couldn't give a crap yeah, less about you. But uh, when I go to get my haircut, which I don't do often enough, and it's because I dread it. Like mm-hmm. I'll think for like two weeks that I need a trim. And I'll finally force myself to go in when my hair's getting really shaggy. I go to the same place because I finally found a girl who does a pretty good job. It's just a super cuts. I mean, there's nothing fancy about it. Um, but every time I go in, I get in the chair. She sort of remembers me, reminds me, you know, goes, oh, what do you do for work again? She's cutting my hair. She's talking. And every time the same conversation happens, oh, so do you guys have any kids? And I go, no. And she goes, oh, not yet. Oh. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I just go, no. Well, actually, I'm sterile. So, yeah, it's going to yeah. be, I'm, you know. Right. Just, uh, <laughs> no, by choice, we don't have kids. Mm-hmm. And no, my, my wife's uh, womb is a barren wasteland where no seed can find purchase. So yeah. Well, could, yeah. Could you, could mm-hmm. you just square it in the back? I don't like the round. <laughs> Every time. And I just want to walk in and I want to say, hey, you have conversations like this all day. You're probably tired. Why don't I tip you an extra five bucks and we don't talk for 20 minutes? Oh, that's a good idea. You should just say that. I my, might. My barber talks to himself like the whole time. I went to an old man barber a couple of times in Providence when we first moved out here. Um, but it was so cliche. All the old guys sitting around just wanted to harass me about not knowing what they were talking about. <laughs> and it was it was definitely this place with old wood paneling and everyone got the same haircut. And there was a stack of like, playboys from the 70s on the side table it was it was just too far for me i just couldn't like i wanted to be cool and hang out with these old guys but it was just really sad when when i first moved to austin there's a place here where cullen gets his hair cut and um like emily's boyfriend before me used to go get his hair cut there and i thought i'll give it a try and it yeah it's like you said it's like it's old-fashioned place it's all these old guys working there and i went in there and I sat down and I started telling him what I wanted. And, and he says, uh, no, you just get the men's haircut. Right. <laughs> I said, okay. Yeah. And I let him do whatever he wanted and I haven't been back in there again. You know, um, you don't get to decide what haircut I get. Sorry. <laughs> no, he only knows one. That's the problem. <laughs> well, that's going to be a problem because he, he now, cut I'm hair. Going, now I'm going to supercuts. He cut hair in the war. And when he got out, they let him keep his trimmer. And that's it. That's what you get. Right. right. He's done. I wish it was that easy for women. I mean, you can just go in and say, I want a number four. 
you know, yeah. the number of the blade. But I just yeah. freeze. They say, what, well, what do you want? I don't, I don't know. You're that's, you're paid to do that. Right. <laughs> to decide. <laughs> Sam has pictures that she takes in mm-hmm. and the results vary greatly every time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, let me say this. I saw some pictures of her yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's whatever she did, is doing now is working for her. And I'm not Mike, flirting. I'm just saying. Mike. She's looking down, good. Are you wearing down. a shirt right now, Mike? I'm always wearing a shirt. I wear a shirt <laughs> over my shirt. <laughs> so I just thought you were channeling Jeremy for a second mm-hmm. there. No, no, no. Jeremy's over. Who knows what that dude's doing over there? <laughs> listening in, creeping. Uh, so Jen also came with some sage advice slash uh, light admonishment for Andrew in the way he's been managing this year's Song of the Summer contest. And Christy, I know this really hit home for you. Do you want to tell us about this? Uh, This is what I chose for Clip of the Week. Um, Let's play it and then we can talk about it. Andrew, I wanted to, if I could give you a a little bit of an encouragement about Song of the Summer, Mm because I actually heard the show when you were a little bit down about how that was going. Yeah, that was probably the most angry I've ever been. On the show. I, and you can completely ignore this because obviously, you know, I do things my way and you do them your way, but this might help you. I think your problem is actually democracy because I ran that thing like a dictator. It's funny. I remember very specifically, Jen, meeting with you, um, meeting with you to talk about the Song of the Summer handoff. We were at that, um, uh, what's his name, Tom, what's his name's bar in Seattle. And I took it very seriously. The the Tom Douglas bar that's famous for its pretzels down there in... uh, Oh, yeah, Brave Horse. Yeah, Brave Horse. And I remember, I don't know if you recall it, but it's etched very much in in my head. And, and, um, you know, I remember both of us taking it very seriously and saying, okay, so what is the process like and everything and you were very specific like listen to every single song and i think that i thought that what you were trying to pass on and encourage for me is to do it right this is uh, you know the, the, I, and i just i guess i assume that the right way to do it is to make sure that the people's voices um are heard i guess i misunderstood that yes because <laughs> do it do it right means make sure that all times it's serving the show Right. And I think that what happened is you took it so seriously to make sure that every voice was heard and every vote was counted. And that is, I don't think that actually serves the competition or the show. I think it just serves to drive you crazy. You're probably so right. I think, I think you should stop worrying about what anybody says and run it like a dictatorship. I like it. then you can make sure that it's an entertaining show rather than just making your life miserable. Well, then, on, um, you know, on that note... I would like to present everybody with this year's Song of the Summer. Please don't have an ad. One English summer, trumpet everywhere. One English summer, jumbo in the air. Oh, jumbo's in the air. Oh, God. This, this Taylor Dane remix is blowing my mind. All right. Why that's isn't great. she doing it anymore? Uh, that's a hit. So I loved this for two reasons. One, Jen laid down the law of what she thought about people complaining about it in her Jen-like way. Um, told Andrew to w- how he's supposed to do it, and that is not listen to the tens and do what you're supposed yeah. to do, which I like. Not doing a dictatorship. I liked that. And then also Andrew just proclaiming what the song of the summer was. 
<laughs> that was my favorite part. I wonder, what do you guys think he would proclaim Song of the Summer if he if it were a dictatorship? I I think that he hasn't fully formed what it's supposed to be either. That whether it's the mm-hmm. song that he likes or that that people like or the one that's coming out the windows. Right. So you're say. saying that here after after eight years we're still stuck on stupid on the on the knowing what the song yes. of the summer actually is. Right. Yes. Yeah, this will be a forever conflict of this mm-hmm. contest. It's just it's That's part what, of the it's part of the charm of this yeah, contest. Given there over will to always it. be yeah. controversy. Yeah. It's like the Stens page. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I just enjoy it now. I love watching it burn now. Yeah, I mean um, it it'll always be that they'll always be redefining the rules or telling people what it means and I've just given myself over to it because I'm I don't want to add to people's hatred and and rudeness about it Mm -hmm. let's take the rest of wednesday in a rapid fire because there's just so much but as i joked on facebook last week we are slowly producing more content than tbtl in a given week so (laughs) yes the plan is working uh the new york times uh breaking mold by not publishing this in the trend section on thursdays uh does an article on resting bitch face they're the last at the party for that any Mm. thoughts I have I have resting sad guy face. I've been told. Well, you've lived a hard life. <laughs> I'm not. The th- the thing is, it's quite a counterpoint to me. I'm not a sad person at all. But but like people just catch me just in a moment where I'm not running my gums or or doing something. You know, in, engaged in something. They say, "Oh, you look sad." Yeah. <laughs> Do they tell you to smile? That you look prettier. When uh, you no, smile? if I were a woman, they would. You'd be prettier <laughs> if you smiled, Mike. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not trying to get more handsome. I'm about as handsome as I want to be. I have as many ladies as I can handle right now. So, oh no. Uh, Jen joins the Eagles because they're the one fraternal order she can join without having to do any community service. <laughs> I thought we had to wait till like Glenn Fry died and then somebody else could join the Eagles. <laughs> I I loved this conversation. I've always wanted to join an old legion or something. Actually, while I'm up here, yeah. um. I'm in London, Ontario right now, but my family is mostly originally from a little town called Kempville, Ontario, which is east of here outside of Ottawa. Um, and the Canadian Legion is the gathering place of the community, and it's exactly what you want it to be. Little mm-hmm. rundown, nice old people, cheap drinks, old stories. It's a dream well, for me. Essentially, this show is an Eagle's Lodge for me. People are forced to listen to my stories. I can have a drink if I want. Um, and it'd be inexpensive because I'm in my home. So I feel like, I feel like we are our own fraternal order with our ladies auxiliary, of course, and Kristen. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I look forward to seeing what fundraisers she puts together for us. Yeah. Let's have a pancake breakfast. Okay. Serious. Like in in an hour at the most. Um, she hated go set a watchman. I'm not surprised. The highlight of that conversation was a mention that she wrote some St. Elmo's Fire fan fiction. I know. Why? We need them to bring this on and reenact this. If they, I would I would rather they have released Jen's St. Elmo's Fire fan fiction than Go Set a Watchman. <laughs> basically, basically because the title itself, Go Set a Watchman, bothers me because I don't like to be told what to do. <laughs> uh my passing comment of the episode was when Luke called Jen MacArthur without any explanation 
and it just reminded me of the good old days. Mm-hmm. Oh, like she's a tyrant? Like she's a... No. no, like she's a recipient of the MacArthur Genius Grant. Oh, I thought it was because she was ordering him around. Okay. Oh, no, right. it was, was definitely a passing reference MacArthur. to the Genius Grants, which I we like haven't that. talked about in a long time, but Jen's still due for one, and the committee still slides her every year. Yeah. Yeah. She has, we need she to has send in as many good ideas as I do. We need to send in our um, our the our episode of the baseball game in the wolf shirt for her application. Oh, absolutely! She's created that yes. uh, that magic. To Thursday, nineteen twenty, a sharp flat. Uh, Luke's in Bellevue again, and we get talking right off the bat about what about Bob followed by Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. So we're just hitting the classic movie circuit, mm-hmm. um, which leads to another fan fiction conversation about something apparently called Escape from Cleveland. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Written by LeBron James, and he'll soon write it again. <laughs> uh, the highlight of the day, obviously, was the voicemail at the intro of someone unidentified <laughs> singing <laughs> Wind Beneath My Wings. And then the ensuing conversation about Luke being not sure if that's a recording of him singing. Do you think, do you think that Andrew came up with this? Do you think this was a put up job? I mean, or did Andrew play this and then Luke realized as he was listening to it? Is it, was this a bit, I guess is what I'm asking. I don't think it was a bit. I guess maybe I'm not giving them enough credit. Maybe I'm not giving Andrew enough credit. Because they think, jumped right into that solution pretty fast. I feel like this this happened relatively organically, but maybe I'm just naive. Well, when it first started, I I just said, that's Luke. I just knew that it was. Because does anyone remember this? It was before I, my time. I I don't remember it. I didn't remember it, but when the, someone found it, Mm-hmm. And I listened to it in context. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. Well, and when he said, I always get choked up at this part, at the last part, that was yeah. definitely Luke. Yeah. Yeah, it sounded like him. But I mean, it, I don't want to say sounded like him because the deceptive part was it kind of didn't sound like him. But the patter sounded like him. Right. Yeah, the audio quality was eh. But as we discussed and it gets talked about later on, it was probably someone holding a speaker up to an iPhone or something. So of course it was going to be distorted. Mm -hmm. Um, It was true to nature though, that Luke couldn't remember something that he did for the radio. I mean, Luke can't remember an interview from two weeks ago. Of course, he's not going to remember a spot he did for AT&T six years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And those were darker days for him. He was partying a lot back then. Right. Who knows? So we get this wonderful voicemail. This was my runner up for clip of the week, but that's all right. I think we heard it enough times Thursday and Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we transition into, well, let's not actually, let's talk about this escape from fan fiction, because I think my favorite thing of the day was they're looking at the character names from escape from New York and escape from LA and talking about what their character names would be if they did an escape from Bellevue (laughs) podcaster and sidekick, right? Yep. (laughs) Just put it right on the nose. Absolutely. Um, I was also impressed that we made it through, actually, I wrote it on Thursday, but it's true for Thursday and Friday. We got through the complete uh, wind beneath my wings conversation without Luke making his wind on top of my wings joke. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I steal that one, actually, Michael Clark style in my daily life. (laughs) I've used it. You said that to your wife? I've said it to her, but she she knows I'm stealing that. But yeah, I use it it for people that don't listen to the show. You know? 
I, I don't know if I said that while Michael was on, but, but I'm, I will steal a joke in my <laughs> life for sure. Absolutely. Uh, top story was a conversation about the daily show ending. Of course, I have not watched the final daily show yet. Just like I haven't watched an episode of daily show in the last three years. Did you guys watch it? No. And I same. Not. I haven't watched an episode in three years. I'm sure it was great, but, um, you know, sure. I'm sure I'll catch the highlights of it when we get back stateside and I'm bombarded with it on Facebook. Right. So whatever. Um, how do you guys feel about retiring the show name, The Daily Show? Because I've actually had a change of heart on this recently. Uh, it seems like they should. I mean, to me, because even though Kilborn did it, nobody remembers that. Really? Oh, was that uh, was that on Thursday, the joke about how Slate should put out its article about how Craig Kilborn was the better host? <laughs> oh, yeah. Stubot, yeah. <laughs> and then I think I said uh, it's... They already did it, but it's on Slate Plus, so nobody's seen it. <laughs> uh, um, so here's my change of heart. I don't know that I'm convinced either way. I don't know that I care enough. Uh, Daily Show will clearly suffer and probably get canceled in a couple of years. But um, I was thinking about The Tonight Show with all this late night churnover. And The Tonight Show's had, what, six hosts now? And I don't think anyone after Steve Allen and Jack Parr hosted, did they think maybe we shouldn't call it the tonight show when Carson takes it. You know what I mean? Um, Maybe, maybe they're trying to create a brand that's bigger than the host. And no one ever thought that John Stewart would host it this long, but I don't know. Maybe the tonight, uh, the today show will be some today. (laughs) Maybe the daily show will be something in, 40 years with that naming convention that, you know, mm. network TV and even NPR, you know, morning edition and all that. Uh, they're trying to make it bigger than the person. Well, there, yeah, there's too much money at stake for them not to try to keep going. That too. With it. Yeah. But, you know, who knows if there's enough momentum with that name to, you know, to actually keep it going. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just, I, I was sort of thinking like the Tonight Show made me rethink that. Just think about all the hosts they've been through through the years. We move on to um, a quick mention of the subway smell. Can I just get a thumbs up or down from you guys on whether or not you love or hate it? Hate. Hate. Yep, that's 3-0 for hate. I don't know what the <laughs> hell is wrong with Luke and Andrew. Yeah, it's a, it's like a punch to the brain. It's not good bread, so it's not appetizing smell. Yeah, I've never walked into a sawdust factory and thought to myself, this is great. <laughs> What if you grew up eating a lot of sawdust, though? Oh, my You might God. feel differently. I guess. I don't know. Is that the Pacific Northwest? Are you guys cutting all the trees down? I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, did remind me, there was an Onion article, I think, made its way to the, the Stens page somewhere in the mix over the last couple of weeks, three or four times, um, that just said, uh, Subway execs horrified to realize people are ordering footlong subs for themselves. <laughs> and then there's a quote to the effect of, we thought you were sharing these with a friend. Yeah, I used to, when I was like in uh, high school and college, I would get the footlong because I was just crazy hungry and right. growing and getting stronger. And then once I hit adulthood, I would realize I was sitting there just growing ever fatter, eating like the last 20 bites when I'm not hungry. So right. this this is an equation that everyone should be able to figure out, but I guess they can't. Yeah, I just pulled up the headline. It's horrified subway execs. Sorry, I don't think you guys heard that, but I just all Mm -hmm. loaded a video. Uh, We'll move on. (laughs) Uh, 
Andrew waits until the end of the episode to tell us that he was having chest pains through the entire episode. Yeah. yeah. If you, I made a note. If you guys ever have chest pains, just t- just drop off. Well, I I constantly have chest pains, so I guess when they stop, that's when I should probably drop off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Friday, nineteen twenty-one. Ohio nerves of Jello. Um, we start with a conversation about how Wednesday's show really trailed off for the last 15 minutes or so, which was a little bizarre. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Um, it was definitely, you know, like listening to two guys just on the phone with one another. Um, I think those are the moments that make TVTL great. So I, I had no problem with that. Um, and then we get uh, a conversation about Newman's Tinder profile that probably oh, shouldn't right. have happened on the air. I know, but don't you want to see it now? <laughs> oh, I'm sure he's hard locked the system by now. You're not going to be able to get that well, profile. Also, how Tinder he threw works a little is... candy at him, and they they locked yeah. they 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 hard locked it for him. You just fire him in there, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like tacos. Just fire your selfies in there, and then and then watch the candy. Yeah, uh, I think the only important part for the collection. Uh, for the collector series for Friday's TBTL was just the resolution of the voicemail, which whoever called in and played that Luke recording called back in to say, actually, it could have been a speaker and you wouldn't have known the difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and we also had a Maggie drunk dial voicemail. See, I I have a problem with you, with you saying Maggie was drunk dialing. Maggie does not drunk dial. Jim Beam and Don Julio dial the phone and just hand it to him. That's <laughs> what happens. We love Maggie. We're so glad she called in. Yes. Um, I, I don't see any reason to dive into the debate conversation or more about the John Stewart finale. Um, better podcasts will do a better job with that. But um, I do see a note here about it being sad versus funny, Christy. Yeah. Um, didn't, so it's sad to me because it is funny, right? This whole thing, I couldn't even watch it, which is sad because I, I usually, I'm like really into politics, but it's just, it's, it's just sad that there's actually people that, um, give money to these candidates and follow them and believe them that it just is a sad state of America today. That's what I have to say about that. (laughs) Yep. Depressing. Yeah. Yeah, I had a lot to say about the debate, but I, I said it all on Twitter. I'm not going to read my tweets. Yeah, this is not a political uh, podcast, so yeah. we should just let it lie. Yeah. Um, I'll give you the Canadian perspective because we've been watching the news up here a little bit. Um, they don't really care too much about our debate right now, uh, but Canada's also going through an election right now. Uh, Stephen Harper, the prime minister, just dissolved parliament and announced new elections because that's the way that happens up here. And there are four candidates, three major candidates and one hippie running for prime Mm -hmm. minister. The election is in like 70 something days. That's the cycle. Mm -hmm. And everyone is pissed up here that it's the longest in the modern era and that it's going to cost more money than normal because the taxpayers foot some of the bill for the election. I love these people. Oh, man. 77 days. Yep. That would be so great. They had a debate last night. And everyone is appalled that they're wasting this much time with debates and ads and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Should um, just be a bare knuckle boxing match. And then that's the end of it. I watched the highlights from the debate. It's three men and one woman uh, politely, politely correcting each other for mm-hmm. about an hour and a half. 
Right. That was it. So, so like they, they will tap each other on the shoulder and say, could I just have a word with you about the Alberta pipeline? <laughs> I, I promise just, just a word. That, that's basically it. Um, they have a quote unquote conservative prime minister up here right now who would be at best a moderate in our spectrum mm-hmm. and the liberal and more liberal people running against him just spent their time saying we're almost in a recession. Could you please fix this or let us try? Mm-hmm. That's it. I like it. It's wonderful. This may not be my last podcast from Canada. Hey, don't move to Canada, Bobby. I couldn't visit you. That's a good point. Uh, that should actually be the slogan in the U.S. for not committing felonies. Uh, you can't get all dressed potato chips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A life sentence of, of uh, bland chips. That's right. Is what I received. Um, music for your weekend happened again on Friday. Uh, amazingly, two weeks in a row. And they even toyed with the idea of not doing it and then did it, saying that Bean will wait for Luke. Uh, oh, no, yeah. No context there, but I assume he's no. going to hang out with Bean Baxter. Going to go look at that naked picture of OJ hanging by the bathroom. <laughs> uh, I know you guys don't care. Uh, definitely Mike doesn't care, but I'll just run through this. Andrew recommends Lana Del Rey's Brooklyn Baby. Good jam, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke recommends Pushover by the Long Winters in a nod to John Roderick, who apparently just got knocked out of, what, a primary round of city council voting? Yes. And listener JoJo. Do we know listener JoJo? Um, Not that I'm I know, no. Friends- I think Jojo is a lady who lives in Japan, but I could be mistaken. Okay. Um, that would make sense, actually, because this was a group that was big in Japan. Uh, trampoline with Be My Mom's Lover. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and g- generally speaking, I like this. I think there were three good songs to add to a playlist. And, uh, you know, in a year, we'll have a real party set. Uh, okay. Anything else for, for the week, guys? Did I miss anything you wanted to get? Not with me, not, Christy. You not have me. So I guess uh, we'll move on to housekeeping. And uh, since I'm running the ship here for the moment, Christy, can I ask you to run through voicemail and any announcements you want to make? Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, So, wait, hold on. Are you sure you want me to do this? I just remembered why we don't ask Christy to do this. (laughs) Okay. So call us or text us on our voicemail line. It's 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-TBTL. 8285. And Maggie, we accept all of your drunk dials on that line. Um, you mean Don, Jim Beam, Jack Daniels. <laughs> That's right. Um, Bumper Shoot, their uh, Jen will be joining Luke on the Monday. And just so you know, it is $90 with fees. Want to keep that straight? It will be a live wire show on the Monday with Jen, um, I think, sidekicking. Okay. So there's that. Um, Song of the Summer voting. You, it's we're in the last round. So if you want your voice heard, do it, do it there. That's right. By this time, when you hear this show, will be the final two songs in the bracket will be facing off to find out which one gets led to slaughter by Dennehy at the picnic. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so just remember that you cannot complain about the system if you don't do something to try to change it. So you need mm-hmm. to vote. Right, and just like in the real elections. The picnic is going to decide everything. So one small group uh, is if, going to decide if everything. If not the Koch brothers. I heard the Koch brothers might be deciding Right. This one well, they're, they <laughs> gave the me $100,000 to vote the, what they want. <laughs> right. So sure. it will be Taylor Denny. Swift. They're on Denny. Oh, that's right. <laughs> um, and then mention of the picnic, it's Woodenville on August 19th at 6 p.m. 
And then there's going to be an East Coast picnic in Central Park in Sheep's Meadow at 6 p.m. It, Kelly, no napping. Yeah, no napping Ke- there, folks. Don't, <laughs> don't nap in Central Park. Don't Kelly, the scientist, will be wearing her TBTL shirt. It's a very big area, she said. So please come. If you need more details, you can go to the New York Tens page. And then lastly, the archive project that we've been um, hinting at for a while should be launched this week. And um, Ashley found the original Luke singing the wind beneath my wings from going back and the archive project is very important because that would have been a very easy thing for us to do. Um, so let's get on that. But great job by her. I was so shocked that yeah. somebody found that. Yeah. Way to go. Listener Ashley. Yes. Um, by the time the archive project is done next time, Luke can't remember something he did on the show to make an ass of himself. We'll be able to call it up quickly and correct right. him. Or he could even yeah. look it up himself. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. No, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> All right, guys, let's uh, let's bring this one in. Let's talk about how we can get involved. If you would like to be featured on our Saturday show, you can do that by filling out the form at littleredbandwagon.com. You can also find our archive there. Our episode archive, which is pretty easy to navigate, and you can listen to all of our past recaps and interviews. You can also find us on Facebook at Little Red Bandwagon. Personal Twitters, I'm at RL Pape. Mike is at Drew McFrizz. Christy at Kissy Eyes, K-I-S-S-I-E-Y-E-S. And producer Jeremy is shirtless and waiting at Dadstronaut. <laughs> the show Twitter is LRB Podcast. You can shoot us an email at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. As previously mentioned, and I'm going to mention it again. Put us in your phone under Don Julio at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And Christy, your 100th episode recap of Nerd Out Loud was excellent. Oh, thank you. I think Jeremy probably deserves minimal producing credit for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of work that yeah. way. Great job by you putting that together, Christy. Thank it you. It was fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, we really, uh, I liked all of the precision editing that you did, actually. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that'll do it. Yep. So, Christy, do you have any final thoughts for us? Until next time, this is the next party. Uh, I love you, Jen. I to lure. Hello. No one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Did you ever know that you're my hero? You're everything I wish I could be. I could fly higher than an eagle. You are the wind beneath my wings. The end, the end is what always gets me about that song. Nailed it!